Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. Hello, and welcome back to Selling from the Heart, your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? Uh, you know what? It, oh, I know. You're licking your wounds. I'm, I'm licking, <laughs> I'm licking my wounds. Sorry, people. I got bumps and bruises. My phone's blown up all weekend. The Dodgers played the Yankees, and I had to swallow pride, and we lost two out of three. But it's just, you know, it's practice. It's part of the game. It's part of the part game. Of Can't win them all, Larry. Hey, welcome back to the Song from the Heart podcast. You've joined a growing community of sales professionals. If you're new to this, you've joined a growing community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, delivering real value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, as we do every week, just a huge shout out and thanks to our friends at Send Out Cards. And I got a card this week, Larry, along with some brownies as a gift from our good friend, Jill, for my birthday. And uh, I got to tell you what, nothing, it just totally brightened my day. And uh, she took the time to put a picture of me and my grandson on that card. And I got to tell you, that thing is sitting on my desk and it was such a meaningful gesture. So thank you so much, Jill. Well, you know, it's I in fact, I checked the mail this morning. I got two more send out cards. Our whole mantle is full of <laughs> you know, from the relationship marketing grand summit. My wife loves this stuff. I've turned my daughter onto it. It's like we're just we're card junkies now. But to me, it's the it's the fastest way to get to someone's heart is to show how much you care and you appreciate them and customize something for them. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to try this out, just go to cards.sellingfromtheheart.net. Send your first card for free. Larry, we have got a, speaking of the heart, we have got a great guest today. We've got one of the foremost thought leaders, thinkers, motivational, inspirational. I, I cannot wait for this conversation. So why don't you introduce our good friend and let's dive in. Wow. So I met Mark C. Crowley, gosh, probably a couple months ago through someone that I just love and adore, Paul Howery. And I was talking to Paul one day and Paul goes, hey, you know what? You, you wrote a book, Selling from the Heart. He goes, you need to meet Mark. You know, Mark's got lead from the heart. And I go, oh man, we, we got to figure this one out. <laughs> and uh, so Mark, Mark and I spoke and I go, hey man, you got to hop on this podcast. But before I get going, this I'm dating myself, but I had to print something out because I was on Mark's website and then this was, this was interesting. And then obviously we're going to welcome you onto the show, Mark. But as he goes, in contrast to longstanding management thinking, the heart is the driving force of human achievement and employee engagement is a decision of the heart. And wow. I mean, that's a great two sentence quote right there. So without further ado, Mark C. Crowley, welcome to Selling from the Heart. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm not going to mention that I grew up in New York and have a predilection between one of those two teams you mentioned. That's okay. But, it, but it's totally fine. Why don't you bring that up? <laughs> okay, but listen, Mark, I, I know where my, my Dodgers are heading your way. So just so for the listeners out there, there's a freeway divide that separates Mark and I, and, and it could be a two and a half hour drive or it could be a four and a half hour drive. 
So my my beloved Dodgers are going south to San Diego to play the Padres now. So we'll see what happens. That'll be some easy wins for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, we're so happy to have you on the Selling from the Heart podcast. And uh, as we ask all of our guests, and I, I cannot wait to hear your answer to this question, but what does it mean to you when you hear the words Selling from the Heart? Well, you know, it's interesting because even though my book is about leadership, I spent my entire life managing salespeople. And I was really, most of the time was on the retail bank, you know, the the branches where you go get your mortgages and your deposits and check accounts and so forth. So I managed a whole bunch of those and in a big percentage of my career. But the organization that I was working for, one of the largest financial institutions in the country said, hey, we think you might be good at running the investment business. Would you be willing to go get all your securities licenses and come in and do this? And so I'm a guy who doesn't have, you know, still to this day, I've never sold a stock, I've never sold a bond, but I ended up managing a couple thousand people that did that. And so when I got there, I inherited the sales management team. So some of the people that are listening in clearly are managing other salespeople. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing they told me was, you know, we know we have this reputation about really caring about your people and really supporting your people and even nurturing these people. And we just want to tell you right up front, that doesn't work with our salespeople. <laughs> and, uh, That's great. So this is what they, they got together in a group to tell me this, you know, like day one, like your whole methodology is never going to work with these people. And so I said, so what does that mean? They go, well, they're producers. They don't want to be trained. They don't want any coaching. They just want to be left alone. And I was like, are you kidding me? They want more of your attention. They want more coaching. They want more education. They want to get great. You know, and that's your job is to help them. And they were like, can't hear you, can't hear you. (laughs) So I literally got on a, I got on a plane or many and I went across the country and I met with the top 25 brokers. These are people that everybody knows they only get paid if they sell something, right? So they're money driven, money driven, money driven, no heart, you know? So I said, Hey, you know, I'm the new national sales manager for all this business and no, I don't really know your business. I've never done it really. So, you know, if I could give you like one thing that could make your life better or your business better, what would it be? And what do you think they said? Give me more attention. Give me more classes. Give me more classes. You know, and I was like, and so I played along with it. I go, well, I've been told that that's not going to work with you guys and that you just want to be left alone. And they're like, that's why... That's why they asked you to come in because we we knew that somebody in our own organization wasn't going to get what we needed. And wow. it's this bad attitude about sales management. They're human beings too. That's what I like. That's what I learned. And the more I invested in them and got to know them, you know, what their lives were, what their ambitions were, what kind of a product mix they had, the more that I identified that and could find ways to elevate them, the higher level of achievement they attained. And we set, by the way, 25-year-old business, record profit, record sales in the very first year. So um, heart goes a long way in sales. That's my answer. Wow. Well, you, excuse me. But you know, what's what's really fascinating about that is, you know, I, I will stand forever and a day on this one that, that heart matters, relationships matter and so forth. And it was just interesting because for our listeners, I've had some conversations with Mark, you know, prior and everything always circles back to the heart. 
for some reason, it, it always does in our personal lives. It does. And what I'm really glad to see, especially in, you know, the chaotic business world of today, that people are starting to pay attention to this. Wouldn't you agree, Mark? Yeah, it's been a long, hard climb. You know, it's really interesting because you're, like, you know, you're clearly a sports nut, right? And so if you, wasn't it, was, wasn't it a player on your team that they pulled out of a game because he didn't run to, heart, run to first place fast yes, enough? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So what, what is that? That's, that's, we, we want our players to play with heart. If you don't have heart, you're not going to run out to first base on a ground field. You know, if there's an error or a mistake or whatever, you miss that opportunity, get out of the game. We want our players to play with heart. We want our coaches to coach with heart. We love heart in sports, right? But then we go business. No way, man. Just keep it out. And it's absolutely insane. We're still human beings when we go to work, but we've always believed that if you bring the heart into it, we actually really thought it was unnecessary. We thought, hey, I'm giving you a paycheck. I'm giving you a job. That should be sufficient for you. And it's not. We need to be cared about. We need to know that we matter. We need to know that we're significant, right? And we need to have passion in the work that we're doing. And the only way that that comes is if people feel really good about where they're working, the work they're doing, and who they're doing it for. And so managers that are indifferent, that don't care about heart, they kill the hearts of other people without realizing it. And this is why we've got such ridiculously low engagement all over the world. Yeah, wow. You know, what I love about, um, about Lead from the Heart is you got to leave the workplace and begin doing uh, some research and some just deep dive due diligence into the heart. And, you know, I knew you knew it as a practitioner, as a sales leader inside the organization you worked for, but you actually went out and you started doing some research and, and diving deep into this. I'm curious what some of the, the biggest highlights were for you as you began doing this research, the things that kind of popped off the page in terms of the importance of the heart, the value of the heart. So we were talking earlier, a little bit before we started recording, um, that you've begun reading the book. And so, you know, in the preface of my book, I, you know, share the story about how I grew up. And it right. was, I won't go into the details of that, except to say that it wasn't a very positive experience and it was a very unusual experience and that it influenced me to manage people in much more caring and supportive ways. And I was in my early 40s before somebody had worked for me for nearly 20 years pointed out to me, you manage people very differently. And I was like, I do? Like, I never really, I just always got great results. So I never questioned what I was doing. And it was just doing it on instinct, right? But then when I started to realize that I was managing differently and I started to see that my peers were managing in the old traditional, you know, command and control, manage by fear, all those kinds of things. I realized, wait a minute, I actually have something. So when I, the key thing here is I never realized that I was leading from the heart until I started to do the work. And so I had a conversation with a guy, I'm literally 10 months into my process. And my whole intent was to say, there are four or five different leadership practices. If you put them together, that they will carry the day in terms of influencing unbelievable engagement and productivity. And that was the book that I set out to write. And it was more of a bucket list kind of a thing. I just wanted to achieve that. It was something that I wanted to do. I thought I had something to say. 10 months into this, I'm ready to write. Got all my piles ready, all my chapters outlined. And a friend of mine says to me, you know, you're going to have to explain why these work. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, people are going to think you needed a really shitty childhood like you had in order to lead like 
times. Wow. And I realized he was right. And I realized I had done none of the work. So I started thinking, well, what was it? Like, what is, what is the explanation for this? And why did this work so effectively? And could it work for other people? And all of a sudden it hit me. I was affecting the hearts of people. So you think, well, that's a fantastic epiphany. I went at the end of the day and told my wife, I've wasted 10 months of my life. I don't have a book. There's, now that I realize what I'm saying, everybody who's in business is going to go, this guy's a nut. You know, he doesn't get business. He's, he's not credible. Right. So about two days later, my wife goes, are you still moping about this? And I said, moping, I'm like really distressed. And she goes, well, didn't you already figure it out in your own experience? Don't you already know that it works? And I said, yeah, you're right. Actually I do. I mean, I was so convinced I'd spent over 20 years doing it. There was like, yeah. So I thought, well, I'm going to go out and look for some evidence to see if I can find it. And I found a unbelievable, it was like, uh, you know, irrespective of whether you're religious or spiritual or not, I, was, I felt like God's just giving this to me. You know, it's like manna from the heavens, all of this information. But I think the, you know, the big takeaway is that I reached out to a world-class cardio, cardio surgeon, heart surgeon, and Basically, what she told me was I walked into her office, laid out my thesis, said, I, I think I've been affecting the hearts of people. Is there any truth in this? Is there any science around this from a medical point of view? And her conclusion was that she was taught in medical school that the heart was just a pump. She goes, when we're working on them as cadavers, you know, don't get caught up in the humanity. It's just a carburetor. Don't worry about that. And when she started dealing with her patients, people that had serious heart problems and needed stents or even replacements, she would say, well, tell me about your life. And universally, they were alcoholics, bad marriages, huge financial problems, unbelievably stressful jobs. And so she says, well, if it's a pump, if it's just a carburetor, that heart isn't going to respond that way, right? Your biology, your biography rather, isn't going to impact your biology unless that's a feeling sensing organ. So her own research led to, you know, some big takeaways for me, which I think the two big ones are, is that feelings and emotions drive human behavior. We think we're rational beings. I think, therefore, I am, and it's not true. We are feeling it first, and that is driving our active decision-making most of the time. So how we treat people creates a feeling, and if I feel good, if I feel supported, if I feel loved, if you will, then I'm going to reciprocate by giving back to my manager. If I feel the opposite, if I feel disrespected, disregarded, unappreciated, untrained, all the underpaid, whatever, I'm going to feel the other way around. The other thing that I think is remarkable is that we now know that the heart and the mind are connected through what's called the vagus nerve. And so the heart and the mind are actually sending communication back and forth all the time. Like they're figuring out the world, if you will, right? And the heart actually sends more communication to the mind than the other way around. And so when we think that the heart is just a pump, we're wrong. And that, this, is the big, this is the big, I think, takeaway for the book is that I'm going outside of leadership traditional thinking and saying, if you look at what we understand from a scientific standpoint, that we are feeling creatures, and that feelings are driving our behavior and the heart plays an enormous role in that. Why wouldn't you manage people that way? So now to apply it to you guys, why wouldn't you sell that way? 
right? If your customer is appreciative when you remember their birthday, or if you call them just to say, hey, I know your kid was in the all-star team, you know, last weekend, how did your game go? And I don't have any, I'm not calling for any other sales reason. We can talk about investments or whatever it is you're selling some other time. I just wanted to see how it went. People never forget that because it goes here, you know, and this is what most people sell. Salespeople don't often recognize is that the heart is like the elephant. It never forgets. And so when it comes time to doing business, they're going to do it with the guy who really thinks about them and cares about them as opposed to the guy who's just into a transactional relationship. Yeah. Excuse me. Thanks for sharing. You bring up some really good points. And um, I got to share a quick story because it just happened uh, this past Friday. And Daryl actually doesn't even know this story yet. But uh, I brought to the sales world what Mark's talking about. I brought that just that burning desire to really build really meaningful, incredible relationships with my customers, because I knew in the sales world that I came out of, there was broken promises, broken dreams, people were being let down all the time. And if I just did the complete opposite of what they're used to receiving, then I was going to be light years ahead. So it was interesting. I was out running an errand on Friday, which, you know, it's this, this past Friday, and I ran into an old employee of mine. And I hadn't seen this person in a couple of years. And then I've been since I've been six years removed from my old company. And he goes, Larry, just the other day we were talking about you. We had a sales meeting and service was in on this meeting and your name came up. And then some of the salespeople go, you know what? They still talk about Larry and the relationships that he built. And I've been away from these, this place now, Mark, six years. So, you know, why am I saying this is this, it was, it was what I brought. I brought my heart to everything and people knew it and people sensed it. And even before the podcast, Errol and I were saying, you know, that gut feeling, you even alluded to it. You have that gut feeling inside your heart's telling you something. And to me, I can't remember the last time my gut or my heart led me down a different path. Yeah, no, it doesn't lie to you. You know, I mean, we, uh, Daniel Kahneman wrote this fantastic book that I think won the book of the year five or six years ago called Thinking Fast and Slow. And he's really talking about the mind, how there's two different systems. And one system that we operate most of the time is on intuition. You know, like, like you're driving a car, you're not thinking, I'm going to turn right now. I'm going to, to slow down in a quarter of a mile. It just happens instinctively. Right. But he's basically laying out that sometimes that intuition steers us incorrectly. And so people have misinterpreted what he's saying, which is that intuition or the heart will get you in trouble. He's talking about the mind and how the mind works. The heart will never get you in trouble. So if you have an important life decision, like, should I marry this person? You know, should I take this job? Is this the place that I want to go? Is this where I want to go to school? Whatever big decisions you have to make. You can do the Ben Franklin and do all the rational thinking of the pros and the cons, but ultimately the heart has, a, has an answer for you if you'll tap into it. And I tell leaders to do this all the time because even Daniel Kahneman at the end of his book, you know, it's like seven inches thick. There's something in the heart. So the intellectual exercises. But it's our connection to the universe. I can't explain it except that 
it's never let any of us down. And the alternative is when we didn't listen to it, when we got that guidance saying something inside of me is telling me this isn't the right thing, but I'm going to go ahead. That something inside of you was the heart and it was giving you a good direction and you chose to not listen to it. And we end up paying a huge price for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. And, you know, if you think about you know, the, the sales profession and leadership uh, discipline are, are so similar, right? I mean, leaders cast vision, salespeople cast vision, leaders have to build trust with their followers. Salespeople have to build trust with their clients. Um, there, you know, the parallels between leadership and sales, there should, they, they should be more obvious, I think, than maybe they are. But I'm curious, as you think of, of the leaders that you're coaching, what are, what are some of the biggest parallels between leadership and sales that you see having a foot in both worlds? I think, you know, one thing that just strikes me, Daryl, is, is the notion of short-term focus versus long-term focus. So if I'm selling something, I've got a goal. Right. I got to make enough money to pay my rent. Right. Whatever. So my boss isn't going to be happy with me if I don't hit X. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have that you have that focus. But if that that short term focus. So like Groundhog Day, you wake up tomorrow and it's like, I got to have a sale today or my boss is not going to be happy. I got to have a sale today or I'm not going to stay in business. I got to have a sale today or I don't pay my rent. If you carry that forward every day, that's the consciousness that you bring to every transaction. And so if you and I are having a conversation, I can feel that guy's desperate. You know, mm-hmm. that guy needs, needs all he's thinking about and all of his words and all of his communication is conveying that he just needs me to buy something. And that isn't where business is really won. Business is one where people can feel like that guy doesn't really care if I make a sale today or not. He's going to be part of my life or she, right? So mm-hmm. um, the idea is, this person cares about me and what's best for me. And when the right time is, I'm going to do the business. But the the other part of thinking long-term in terms of relationships is those are the people that they don't just call you up and go, Hey, I want to introduce you to Tom Jones. He's my neighbor. And I mentioned him to you. Maybe you guys can have something in common. They call up and they go, I talked to Tom the other day and I told him I bought X from you and Tom wants to buy X from you too. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not like this loose referral. It's they're so enthusiastic about what you've been able to do for them. They want their friends to have that same experience. That's the heart. So if you can get comfortable with ambiguity, if you can get comfortable with a slower process in the sale and also, you know, and this is, this comes down to integrity. Um, I have a, I have a real estate broker's license. I've got several securities licenses. The, the law underneath all of them, the whole reason you take these examinations is because of fraud. Because right. salespeople trying to rip off other customers, right? I'm not kidding. The yeah. very, very first practice exam test on everything I ever take, what's the purpose of real estate law? To prevent fraud. So people are cynical about salespeople. Mm-hmm. So the minute you demonstrate to them that you're not the typical guy, and that you're not pulling the trigger five minutes into the company. So you think you want to get that today, Carol? Are you ready to go? You know, I mean, I, I know your people are more sophisticated than that. Your audience would be, they wouldn't be listening to what you're right. talking about. But right. it's taking it to a higher level, which is just to say, I'm here to build a relationship with you. I'm going to recommend things that I think are right for you. And the only way that I can do that is to get to know you. 
So if we can do build rapport and build a diagnostic and get to know you, I'm going to give you recommendations that I think are going to be best for you. And when people think, and this is universal language, when people think you have their heart, you know, their best, best interest at heart, heart, right. Yeah. This is you forever. Boy, isn't that, that phrase is so great, by the way, when people think you have their best interest at heart, I mean, you know, even the diehard, uh, hardcore bottom line numbers, people would say that phrase and yet it seems so evasive. And why do you think there's such pushback? at the leadership level in terms of, you know, we have, I'll, I'll set this up. We have a lot of people that listen to this podcast literally all over the world. And we, I mean, just fantastic salespeople who are awake to the reality that, that it is relationships, uh, it is trust, it is genuine value, all of that stuff. Um, but a lot of these, these salespeople, you know, have to report into um, managers, company owners who, you know, like the results, but they don't buy into the, the uh, method, if you will, the, the heart side of this. Um, what do you say to, what would you say to a sales rep who's selling from the heart, but not really feeling like they're getting buy-in from their company? Um, I got a lot of the answers. This is like one of those things that, you know, right. I know it's going to be up at night. Um, yeah, the thing is, you know, when I, when I think I told you, when I went out and met with all those top brokers, I didn't just go out and have a quick conversation with them. I sat and watched them, you know, observe them for the day. I just said, look, you know, introduce me as the senior executive from our company who's just interested in our customers. Nobody was ever like, why is he in the conversation? You know, and I was building rapport with these people. And so it was really great, but I was there to pay attention to the brokers and, I would say out of the 25 that I met, there was only one who was the classic sales shark, you know, who didn't care. He just, he just, it was like, he just wanted to close, close, close. That's all his mantra was, you know? So it taught me something that the very best salespeople are already doing. We're all talking and not, right? So don't change your stripes is the first piece of advice, right? Don't change because you're already getting the results. So right. you know that this works for you don't have to defend it. I mean, it's really interesting because when my book came out, there were people that used to work for me, not for me because they, they understood me, but people who used to work with me who saw that I got like extraordinary results. They saw the title of my book and they go, leap from the heart. Like, did he have a religious breakdown or like, you know, did he, you know, I'm not kidding. You know, it was like, you know, they, they couldn't get it. They just thought, man, we lost this guy. You know, they never realized that I've been doing this all along. But I'll tell you a funny story. It's not a funny story. It's still kind of really kind of pisses me off, to be honest with you. So I'm speaking to one of a very well-known insurance company, um, salespeople, right? These are the, this is the top management for one of the largest American global, probably, insurance companies. And when I got done, the national, we were doing Q&A. When I got done, the sales manager said to me, stood up to say this. He goes, I love everything you're talking about. He goes, the way you laid this out is absolutely brilliant. So I'm thinking, oh, okay, good. And then he goes, but I got to tell you, if I'm halfway through my quarter and we're not hitting our numbers, I'm going right to fear. What do you think? <laughs> you know? And so I go, I go, well, uh, I said, my presentation is over and you've already paid me. So I'm going to tell you directly, even though I, I would have anyway, but I said, it's the most unevolved decision you could possibly make. 
it will backfire. And he goes, no, it works. We get the numbers. And I go, I, I know it does. Of course it does in the short term, but it builds so much resentment. It builds so much pressure on people. It's so hard on people. You've got it all wrong. And I don't think I convinced them. So, you know, you just, I, if you're concerned, if you're working for that guy, you know, the, the person I just described, I just wouldn't tell them how you're building your business. Just get them, get them the results. Just don't go, hey, don't try to win them over because you probably won't. There's some Neanderthals out there that are never going to be persuaded by any of the things we're talking about here. So, you know, I, I used to think I'm going to be the one who's going to arm wrestle all these kinds of people into <laughs> believing what I'm talking about. And really, you know, I spoke with Steve Covey recently and he goes, he says, he goes, have you ever, have you ever noticed that? The people we talked to are people who are already bought in. And I go, yeah, I used to think it was going to be the opposite. But I'm, I'm just as happy talking to the people who are already interested. Right. You know, it's yeah. a lot easier. So, you know, don't, that old adage about don't try to teach a pig to sing, it's a waste of time and a noise to pig, that applies here. You know, just uh, don't tell your man what you're doing. Don't try to persuade them. Just get them the numbers. Well, you're certainly talking to people right here who believe in uh, what you're talking about and believe in leading from the heart, selling from the heart, bringing their heart to all of this. So, I mean, I am so thankful that that you've joined us today on the podcast. I know uh, if you haven't got a copy of Lead from the Heart, I've started reading this book. It is dynamite. And it's also, I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent because there is some research in there to back up um, what you're thinking, what you're feeling. I've noticed a lot of practical steps as well. So Mark, I really, I really want to thank you for um, just the, the work you've done, the, the hard work and the way you've thrown your heart into all of this and, and the leader that you are at just on behalf of all of us. Thank you genuinely. I really appreciate that. It's an honor to be with you. And I, if I can close with one thought, it would be that, you know, selling from the heart is no different from leading from the heart in the sense that a lot of people still think it's absolutely insane and misinformed and soft and woo-woo and, you know, even bordering on the Hare Krishna movement. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's so far out there that I can't believe you're talking about it, you know? But um, the truth is, is that, this is when we think about being human. If somebody says to you, "Where do you point to yourself when you think of your yourself as being a human?" You don't go here. You go here. And <laughs> always remember that people are human first. Go for the human because that's the most persuasive part on their body. Well, no, and and it's I just have to layer on top of that, and and it's so interesting because I got into a pretty good discussion with somebody over the weekend about technology and so forth and how AI and all this is replacing so many, you know, salespeople that are out there. And I said, you know, fine and dandy, right? We live in a world that's full of technology, but it's how can we marry this? How can we humanize this? And how can we make it personal that's going to win out in the long run? And I think the people that dehumanize what they do and they just live behind a keyboard or they live with technology and they can't get to here with it, the art, they're going to lose out in the long run and be replaced. They are. Well, I don't know that they'll be replaced by AI. They're going to be replaced by, replaced somebody, by somebody else, a more human salesperson. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, this is one of the things of just being able to spend time to just research and research and research. And one of the things that I've learned is that um, if you, if, if anybody listening can remember the last time they felt lonely, 
like I'm feeling lonely right now. It's a human experience. That's the heart saying, get outside and go meet with people. We have a deep need to connect with other human beings. And when we're not doing that, when we're too isolated or spending too much time at work and we haven't spent time with family or friends or, you know, even colleagues, our body, our heart is saying, get out there. You know, that's where that pain comes from. So if you think you can just sit behind a computer and do your sales, you're missing what people themselves need which is a caring person on the other line or in person saying, Hey, I'm here to see how you're doing. Most people aren't getting enough of that in their lives. And if you can give that to them, you're going to do great. Yes. Hands down. Wow. Wow. So good. Well, Hey, thank you so much. This is what a great discussion. You're welcome. John. Yeah. Look, I look forward to diving deeper into all of this, Mark. This is, this is fantastic. Thank you so very much. Go hard, gentlemen. Go Yankees. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh, did you hear that? Larry, we can, Larry's, I'm not editing that out, Larry. That was good. Thank you. No, <laughs> All right. Well, hey, till next week, everybody. Keep being genuine. Keep being authentic. Keep doing the hard work, delivering real value. Go out and make a real human connection with somebody right now. And most of all, sell from the heart.